Ah, oh, my goodness. Cheap batteries. Um, Tesco, extra long life. That's about two weeks that one's lasted. So, uh, folks, good morning. It's absolutely uh, brilliant to be together. And uh, we concluded our series last week, didn't we, on relationships. And uh, I hope that you found it helpful somewhere along the lines. And uh, what we thought we would do over the next few weeks is, uh, is chat about this thing here. It's the countdown to Christmas. Hands up if the decorations are up. Saddos, hands down. Um, hands up if you've bought all your presents. It's really sad. Um, hands up if the Christmas cards are written. Hands up if you write cards. Oh, quite a few still. Good, good, good. Turkey ordered? Is the turkey ordered? Yeah. Good, yeah, good man, good man. Good, 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 okay. Um, is Uncle Nobby booked the flights from Scotland? Is he coming to see you this year? Uncle Nobby always comes on Christmas. He's the annoying uncle who gets drunk and tells inappropriate jokes throughout the day. And uh, we all have someone in the family. Maybe it's you. <laughs> Maybe you are Uncle Nobby. <laughs> what we thought we would do in the, the winding down to Christmas. You ever heard that expression? Winding down for Christmas, like that's a load of rubbish. I've never wound down to Christmas. I've always wound up to Christmas. And it's kind of, you've got the office do, or the staff do, the buying of the presents, the ordering of this, and the school fair, those of you who got children, the school panto, uh, or maybe the panto in Belfast. You make the dinner, you get to three o'clock, you watch the Queen's speech, and then you crash. And it's like, goodness me, what was all that about? And we do it all over again next year, and then next year, and then next year. And ultimately, folks, Christmas is all about Jesus, isn't it? And goodness, if we can't remember that, and if we can't celebrate that, if we can't focus our attention and our efforts and our finances and our motivation in around this birthday of Jesus, then we're in trouble. It's about Jesus. And so today... And the next couple of Sundays leading up to Christmas, what we want to do is focus our, our thoughts and our attention on the real meaning of Jesus. It will be slightly varied as we do that uh, each week. Uh, my good friend, uh, Alistair Bennett, who's no, uh, no surprise to many of us, you know him. Uh, he's going to be coming next Sunday, and that will be a lot of fun, I'm sure, and uh, really engaging and really interactive. Uh, so that will be next week. And, um, and then I'll be on again. And then we've got a superb, amazing Bible teacher uh, who will be teaching on Sunday, uh, the 22nd of December. And uh, she's called Chantel. And uh, yeah, it will be wonderful, I'm sure. This morning what I want to do is take certain passages of Scripture from the Old Testament. Old Testament prophecies where the prophet spoke of the coming of the king. If you have a Bible with you, it's going to be super helpful. If you don't have a Bible, that's okay because the words come up on the screen there. But I know that lots of you like to follow along. And folks, if you take notes, uh, good, that's fantastic. You might have seen me the last three weeks with our guests tapping away on the, on the, on the iPad there. I'm not writing emails or text messages. Uh, I'm taking notes. It kind of helps me uh, follow the train of thinking, and you can refer to it later. So please do that if you want to, but uh, certainly by no means do you need to do that. But before we look at the Old Testament, here's the New Testament. 
in the sixth month of Elizabeth's pregnancy, God sent the angel Gabriel to Nazareth, a town in Galilee, to a virgin pledged to be married to a man named Joseph, a descendant of David. The virgin's uh, name was Mary. The angel went to her and said, Greetings, you are highly favored. The Lord is with you. Mary was greatly troubled at his words and wondered what kind of greeting this might be. But the angel said to her, Do not be afraid, Mary. You have found favor with God. You will conceive and give birth to a son, and you are to call him Jesus. He will be great and will be called the Son of the Most High. The Lord God will give you, give him the throne of his father David, and he will reign over Jacob's descendants forever. His kingdom will never end. And so to Galilee, this town um, in the northern part of Israel, goes the angel Gabriel to visit a woman named Mary. And he stands there and he says, greetings. You can imagine, can't you? She's there. We're assuming by herself. It doesn't document anyone else is there. And this angel Gabriel walks in, greetings. Highly favored you are. The Lord is with you. And Gabriel does everything that he can to try and reassure her. And, uh, and he speaks comforting words to her. But regardless, she is totally freaking out. Like, you can imagine this thing. Sorry, uh, she is not freaking out. She's greatly troubled. She's greatly troubled. We were in our group on, on uh, Thursday there. We were talking about how sometimes we can kind of elaborate and, uh, and uh, put our own language to certain things. And uh, so she was greatly troubled, but Gabriel seeks to continue to reassure Mary further and tells her that she's to conceive and give birth to Jesus. He tells her the following things about who he is and who he's going to be. Says this, he will be great. He will be called the son of the most high. He will be given the throne of his father, David. He will reign over Jacob's descendants forever and his kingdom will never end. And a lot of this is the beginning of the fulfillment of prophecy and prophecies of which there are many. We're not going to look at all of them. That would take weeks to do that. We're going to look at just some of them this morning. But this is the beginning of a fulfillment of prophecy that was spoken many, many years before about Jesus. Because the people of Israel, the people of God, the people who would follow and want relationship with Yahweh, over the years there's been this promise of a king, the promise of the coming Messiah, the promise that someday God himself would literally come from heaven to earth in human form, in earthly form, to establish his rule and his reign and his kingdom here on earth as it is in heaven. And so here we are. We're going to look at various places. And the first one we're looking at is in Isaiah uh, chapter 7, verse 14. It says this, Therefore the Lord himself will give you a sign. The virgin will conceive and give birth to a son and will call him Emmanuel. Here we find the book of Isaiah prophecy speaking of the, this, the, the son will come and will be born to a virgin. This virgin's name is Mary. She is, uh, uh, many um, Bible scholars would say that she would be of a, a young age, a young girl's age, a young teenager's age. Uh, she's from this obscure uh, and less known town of Galilee. 
And uh, she's in an awkward situation in that she is engaged or slightly different to our, our level of engagement to a man named Joseph, but she is yet to be married. And she is going to look very, very with child soon. And um, Isaiah prophesied 700 years before this that, a, that Jesus will come and will be born to a virgin who is Mary. And he is to be given the name amongst many other names. And some of them we're going to look at again this morning. But the name is this, is Emmanuel, which translates means God is with us. God literally came. He came in human form to be like us, to be with us, to identify with us, to share food with us, to travel with people, to go into various places and engage and rub shoulders with and listen to their stories and to lay hands and to release the kingdom over people. And during his rule and his reign here on earth, when Jesus came, that he would go into all the different places and that he would teach. And he would teach about the kingdom. But not only would he teach about the kingdom, but he would demonstrate the kingdom. Jesus himself came in human bodily form to earth so that he might relate to us and be with us. He talked to the outcasts, to the sinners, to the... All the various people that we know about, if you've been a Christian any time, the adulterers and the tax collectors and the, those who were demon-possessed and those who had a whole manner of unclean diseases, they were the people that Jesus went to. They were the ones, a special place within his heart, the downtrodden, the outcast, those set apart. And we need to know that this morning. We really need to know that. Because you can imagine, can't you, if Jesus were to come again today, who would those people be? Where would the places be? In our town. In our homes. Where would Jesus go to? Where are the broken places? Where are the places that are ostracized? Where are the people who no one will speak to, who no one will want to be with? Because folks, here's the thing. We are in danger ourselves of coming, of being uh, disciples of Jesus and never engaging with the poor, with the lonely, with the oppressed. And we, it's so easy to sit here and to be judgmental. It's easy to come with our own agendas and our own prejudice and forget and not catch hold of God's heart for, for those people. And God calls us. To go, to go and to be with um, those people. Because Jesus, when he came in earthly form, they were the people where he went to. Emmanuel means he is with us. And today, by his Holy Spirit, he is with us. He is present. He is in the room. And he's in our hearts. Those of us who call ourselves Christians and we have surrendered our lives to him. God takes up residence within us by the power of his Holy Spirit. You've heard it said before, maybe, when you become a Christian, you invite Jesus into your heart. And that's literally, it's like Jesus comes and he takes up and our bodies become a temple of the Holy Spirit where his presence, where Emmanuel lives inside of us and changes us. And that's the thing. Not only 
Do we love the fact that Jesus came to do all those wonderful things and that Jesus is here? It's that we would change us. Not that he would just identify with our problems. Yes, he does accept us as we are. It's one of the things we write about, come as you are. Yes, come as you are. Jesus meets us as we are with all warts and all and our hang-ups and our strives and our fears and our this and our that. He meets us where we are at. But because he is with us, he changes us. And our hope is, the whole thing is that come as you are, but don't stay as you are. Not that you would strive, not that you would try to live that life that God is calling you, but by his spirit, says the Lord. By his spirit, his spirit, his Emmanuel in us that changes us. And unless we put ourselves, unless we position ourselves in a place where he can change us, we are never going to change. God is in the room this morning. He's here. And I really sensed that earlier. This whole area of surrender. All he wants you to do is say yes. And he'll do the rest. You, you can't be what he wants you to be. You can't be what he wants you to be. Only he can make you who he wants you to be. It's him. And it's a, it's a, a partnership of our wills coming into line with his agenda. Say that again. It's a partnership between our wills that says we surrender to what your agenda is, God. It's Emmanuel. Emmanuel, God with us. For to us a child is born, to us a son is given, and the government will be on his shoulders, and he will be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. Of the greatness of his government and peace, there will be no end. He will reign on David's throne and over his kingdom, establishing and upholding it with justice and righteousness from that time on forever. The zeal of the Lord Almighty will accomplish this. The government will be on his shoulders is a quaint way of saying he's going to rule. He's going to rule and reign over the world. Doesn't matter if you're Barack Obama or, or David Cameron or whoever. His governance will be on his shoulders. He will rule. And this new authority and this different type of governance will rule all, over all of mankind. And he will be called this. Not only is he called Emmanuel, but he is called Wonderful Counselor. Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. One of the things we get on our Christmas cards, isn't it? That's unless you buy one with Bart Simpson on them or Rudolph or whoever it is. And I'm not. Buy those if you want to. Prince of Peace. Jesus comes because he's the Prince of Peace. And isn't it one of the things that we talk about at Christmas time, where there's war and where there's trouble and where there's strife and all that thing, is peace. Jesus came because he's the Prince of Peace. And he wants to bring peace to you. In the midst of the storm, in the midst of the valley experiences that we experience in our lives, in amongst all of that, that he comes to bring peace. 
And so when Jesus is on the boat with the disciples and the storm's coming, it's a picture of our lives, folks. When the storms of life come, Jesus is able to be asleep. He's at peace. In the midst of the storm, he's at peace. And it is possible. And I love it. Goodness, I love it when I see people in the storms of this life who have a peace about them. And the reason they have a peace is because the Prince of Peace is with them. And they go to the Prince of Peace. Instead of going to this person or going to that person or or whatever it is, they go to the Prince of Peace because he's the one who really gives it to them. He will reign on David's throne and over his kingdom, establishing and upholding it with justice and righteousness from that time on forever. And we're going to talk a little bit more in a few minutes about the king and the kingdom. But remember what Gabriel spoke to Mary. The Lord God will give him the throne of his father, David. The angel declared this. And this is reminding the one of whom Isaiah prophesied 700 years ago. Here he comes. He's coming. He's coming. The angel's declaring he's coming. That person which, which Isaiah spoke about 700 years ago, he is coming and he's going to rule and reign the, the throne of his father David. And it's not just there. Jeremiah, written 600 years ago, so 100 years later from Isaiah, Jeremiah writes, the days are coming, declares the Lord, when I will raise up for David a righteous branch, a king who will reign wisely and do what is just and right in the land, a branch from within the family tree that Jesus himself would be connected in the line of David, in the lineage, in the family tree of David. It's spoken of again in Isaiah. A shoot will come up from the stump of Jesse, similar language to that which Jeremiah uses. Jeremiah uses the language of a branch. Isaiah is using this. It's the shoot will come from the stump of Jesse. From his roots, a branch will bear fruit. The spirit of the Lord will rest on him. The spirit of wisdom and of understanding, the spirit of counsel and of might, the spirit of the knowledge and fear of the Lord, and he will delight in the fear of the Lord. He will not judge by what he sees with his eyes or decide what what he hears with his ears, but righteousness. He will judge the needy with justice. He will give decisions for the poor of the earth. He will strike the earth with the rod of his mouth and with the breath of his lips, he will slay the wicked. Jesse was the father of David, of King David. And God had chosen David from all of Jesse's sons to be king. He established a royal uh, rule and reign over the people of God. And that's what David did. But Jesus was to come through this line, as we've already said. But this passage talks about Jesse, not David. And it hints and it points in the direction of the nature of the humble servant king. Mentioning Jesse rather than David. David was the king. He was revered amongst generations of the king of Israel. And yet here in Isaiah mentions Jesse that Jesus, the humble servant king, would come through the line of Jesse and not just through David. Isaiah goes on, speaks about Jesus and says this, the spirit will be on him. The spirit that gives him wisdom 
and understanding and counsel and might and knowledge and fear. And folks, that same spirit is upon us. That same Holy Spirit that came upon Jesus when he was baptized. And he came up after the baptism when John the Baptist, who was born six months earlier to Elizabeth, when he baptized them in water, the Holy Spirit came upon him. And because of the spirit that lived in him, he was given power and authority to do the things that he did. And that same Holy Spirit is in us, those of us who call ourselves Christians. Why? To give us wisdom, to give us understanding, to give us counsel, to give us might and knowledge and fear. The Holy Spirit is upon us. One of the greatest or the most difficult verses in the Bible for me to get my head around is when Jesus said to his disciples that you will go and do greater than I. That's pretty difficult to do greater than what he did. But he said it. He said it. And he calls us to, to obey. He calls us to have a go. And again, I'm going to talk a little bit about that in, in, in a few minutes. Stick with me though. All of these names um, are for Jesus. All of these characteristics are about his nature. And what Isaiah is doing here is he prophesies. He's speaking of the coming king. This is what he's going to look like. This is what you're to call him. These are the characteristics and the nature of this person, Jesus. And again, folks, because I can see I'm losing some of you here. And that's okay, because there's loads and loads of words. And there's loads and loads of Bible. And I can see it in your eyes. That's all right. There's a big flip. He's looking at me. It's all about the coming king. It's the Christmas, folks. It's all about him. And all I'm simply trying to do this morning is try and help us focus upon Jesus this Christmas. This is what he's going to look like. This is what he's to be called. This is what he's going to do. And so it was that Jesus would be the shoot of Jesse and be in the line of David, the same family tree that we read about in Luke chapter 3. And don't worry, I'm not even going to attempt to read through that. But there we have it. At the top, he, Jesus, was the son. So it was thought of Joseph. So it was thought because Joseph wasn't really the dad. He was the stepdad, if we look at it like that. And you can see the lineage. That is the tree. That is the line. And he falls upon the line of David. And I've highlighted Jesse there as well. All the way back to the son of Adam and the son of God. It was preordained. It was predestined. It was to come all along. All those years ago, it spoke of the coming king. He's going to come. He's going to come. And there are many people on this earth who are still waiting for him to come. But he's come. And he's been. And he still is. And he's going to come again. The spirit of the sovereign Lord. This is why he came. This is a very well-known passage I know for many of us. This is why Jesus came. The spirit of the sovereign Lord is on me because the Lord has anointed me to proclaim good news to the poor. He was sent me to bind up the brokenhearted, to proclaim freedom for the captives and release from darkness for the prisoners, to proclaim the year of the Lord's favor. That is why he came. It's been noted that this is Jesus' manifesto. You know the politicians and they have this manifesto. If you elect me, if you vote for me, I'm going to do X, Y, and Z. This is it. This is Jesus' manifesto. And again, 
prophesied by Isaiah years and years ago. He writes these very words. And we read about this in Luke 4, when Nazareth and Jesus, he's, he's just begun, he's 30 years of age. He walks into a synagogue, the place of worship, and he walks to the front and he opens the scroll, the scroll of Isaiah, and he reads, and he reads those very words. And then he sits down and he says this, today this scripture is fulfilled in your hearing. He's saying, folks, that's me. That was written about me all those years ago. And today it's been fulfilled. And not only did he read those things that they were about him, but he actually went on and did those things. Didn't he? Over three years, he went and proclaimed good news to the poor. He went and he bound up broken hearts. He proclaimed freedom for captives and release and all that stuff. And Jesus today still does that stuff, doesn't he? He's still here. He's here this morning. He's here for our people. He's here for our town. And he calls us to partner with him that we might go do exactly the same. Aren't you glad that he came for you? Aren't you glad that he came for this very reason? That the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords came for you and for me to establish his kingdom here on earth. For the Lord is our judge. The Lord is our lawgiver. The Lord is our king. And he, it is he who will save us. And then later, Jesus, uh, when, he's, when he is here and he is king, as he teaches us that amazing prayer that we're to pray like, he says, your kingdom come. He's talking to his father. He's saying, your kingdom come. Your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. The king of kings came to establish a kingdom. I mentioned it earlier. He spoke of the kingdom. He said, the kingdom is like this. And he would tell a story. Or parable. That's what it looks like. You want to know what the kingdom looks like? It doesn't look like earth. It doesn't look like that. It's crazy. All that topsy-turvy stuff, that, that doesn't make any sense. But the kingdom makes sense. And he demonstrated the kingdom. And he laid hands and the sick were healed and the dead were raised and all that stuff. And folks, those of you, again, you're our newcomers uh, a group on Thursday, apologies, I'm going to try and explain a little bit. The king and the kingdom, it's the theology that we understand here in Vineyard Church. We understand that when Jesus came, he brought the kingdom and he exercised, he demonstrated it and he allows us through the power of the Holy Spirit to do the same. So what that basically means is the things that he did, we get to do. That's really exciting. And sometimes it's scary and sometimes it's nervous and sometimes, so when we go feed this, you know, the hungry. When we bring a tin of beans, that's the kingdom. Okay? When, uh, when we go into prison and we visit someone in a cell who hasn't been out of his cell for a month, that's the kingdom right there. When you go and say hello to your neighbor because they haven't been out of the house for a week, that's the kingdom. When you bring a glass of water for the least of one of these, that's the kingdom. When you pray and you say, would you mind if I just pray with you there? Whether God does the most amazing healing, that's the kingdom. 
because the Holy Spirit's there without a doubt, without a doubt. But sometimes when we do those things and we go out on a limb, Jesus doesn't always come through. And that's where the tension that we live in is the kingdom now and the kingdom not yet. And so when we pray, sometimes God heals. And that's amazing. I'll tell you a little story in a minute. But sometimes when we pray, God doesn't heal. And that's the tension we live in. The kingdom now, the kingdom not yet. The kingdom not yet is because Satan still has rule and reign in this earth, on this earth. And that's very evident, isn't it? Sometimes we can see that more than we can see the kingdom. And that's completely wrong. Jesus come that we might have life. And so last Sunday, um, Judith, uh, she's, uh, she's, she's just about to leave with uh, all her many children. And um, I said, Judith, I heard you, you have a frozen shoulder. I don't know what that means, but it sounds painful. And uh, so she begins to explain. I go, great, let's pray for that. Like, I'm going to have a go at praying, right? I, I, I'm just, we're just going to have a go because we have to have a go. We have to be obedient. So Steve is around and two of us, so we said, would you mind? Yeah, that's dead on. So we just lay hands. God, come. Holy Spirit, come. Thank you. You love Judith and blah de blah And come now and unfreeze the frozen shoulder. Just speak release over your shoulder now in the name of Jesus. Oh, man, great. See you. Goodbye. Text comes to us halfway through the week. A lot of the pain has gone. A lot of the mobility has returned. And you're going to the doctors during the week. And so I spoke to you just this morning there. She's going up, checking the kids in, and says that no injection was needed. And, and you, what was the word you described? I said, how are you? The How's the shoulder? What word did you use? Totally healed. Isn't that amazing? Isn't that amazing? But actually, it shouldn't be amazing. Actually, it, honestly, it shouldn't. The more, the more we do this, the more I hear this, the more we're involved in this, the more normal that becomes. Because that's the kingdom. Your kingdom come as it is in heaven on earth. This gives me goosebumps as I'm talking this. Well, the Holy Spirit's here. He's on me. He's on us to go do this stuff. But unless we offer that, it's not going to do it. So we have to go for it, and we have to try that. Now, it's a different matter when we get out on the streets and start doing that. It's a different matter when you're faced with your colleague who's not a Christian, and they say, I've got a really sore head right now. And you're like, oh, flipping heck. That's a different thing. But it's a good practice ground in the church, isn't it? Because it's fairly safe here. We're not that mad here. It's a, good, it's a good place to do it. I'm coming into land. Goodness, I've been... Here we go. There's loads and loads of other prophecies. And I can steer in the right direction if you'd like that. Lots of little snippets in the Old Testament that point to Jesus. If you found that helpful, I'd love to give you some more. I'll happily email that to you and uh, let me know. That's just one way that you can focus your attention on Jesus in this run-up, this build-up or wind-down to, uh, to Christmas. But here's some other ways that you can focus, different applications, different ways that you can apply all this stuff in these next few days. You can read that? Good, I'm glad that came out. Okay. First of all, give God one very special gift from you to him. That could be an offering to the church. It could be money 
or food for our giveaway. It could be buy something through the Stand By Me catalog or the Tear Fund catalog. You buy a goat and all that sort of stuff. It could be that. It could be that you give money to the work of Christians Against Poverty. It could be money given to the Simon community who do a stunning job with the homeless people here um, in our country. Number two, set aside a special time to read the Christmas story. Um, there's a couple of great passages there. Set some time. I try and do that just in the day, sometimes Christmas Eve, sometimes Christmas Day, in the midst of all the food and the presents and the family. As I try and just take myself aside, just read that, and again, just focus in on him. You just need to go do that. Uh, those of you who've got the Bible app on your phone uh, or on your iPad or whatever it is, um, the U version, there's loads and loads of different plans that you can follow uh, over the 20-odd over the days of Advent, or it could just be a few days, but go do that. And by the way, um, the, those of you who have the, that Bible app, the Kids Bible app has just been released. It's absolutely fabulous. Uh, yesterday, just myself and the three kids lying on our, on our bed, we were doing creation, and we were doing uh, the cross and the empty tomb and stuff. It is brilliant, folks. You must download that and do that with your kids. And actually, your kids know it better than me. Sam's doing all this stuff, finding diamonds and all kinds of stuff on the pictures, which I never understood and knew. So, of course, they will lead us. Number three, set up a nativity scene in your home. Folks, I'd ask you this week, would you commit to praying for me and Chantel in our home? The decorations go up this week. Okay, please. Was it Friday or Saturday? We don't know. Friday, Saturday, please be prayerful. Prayerful that we... Uh, Honor each other with our tongues <laughs> and the words that come out, even our hands. Now it's never got that bad, honestly, honestly, it hasn't. But uh, get the nativity up. Uh, number four, plan a project of goodwill. Attend our Sunday morning on the 22nd of December. Attend our morning. You button in again. <laughs> Flevin heck. Sunday morning when our guys will get together to put our gift packs together and go distribute them to the carers in our care homes in Carrickfergus. It's a great project as we celebrate um, our unsung heroes. But go do your own thing. You don't need permission or you don't need a project we're running. Go do your own thing. We've talked about it. We haven't agreed on it yet, but we, we've often thought of and we still would like to do it is invite your neighbors around for drinks, mulled wine, and mince pies, and all that. Just, just have people around. Just go do your own thing. Take a group of uh, Christmas caroling and nursing home or a children's hospital. That's a good one. Um, go speak to Andrew and Gina. Uh, they've got, they, uh, they're, they're our ones who like to do things uh, with our uh, doing tea in the afternoon. That would be good. Number six, give a surprise gift of service to each member of your family. I don't know what that looks like, but... Let the Holy Spirit guide you. Number seven, set aside a time of family uh, devotion on Christmas Eve or Christmas morning. Uh, sometimes, not always, but we, before the madness of the, the wrapping comes open on the Sunday morning when Santa has been, is we just take a moment together and we just pray. And we just say, because I really want to get our kids focused that although Santa has come, um, that, that, that it's all about Jesus. Let's get the focus right. So sometimes we do that. 
I know other people that like to do the birthday cake on Christmas Day for Jesus and do happy birthday. Uh, but again, it helps the family focus. Attend the Christmas church service together with your family. Sunday 22nd in the evening, that's ours. Please, please come to that. That will be fantastic. If you're a person that likes to go to church on Christmas Eve and Christmas Day, that's absolutely brilliant. There's loads of great churches in the town. Uh, go for it and uh, go and be a part of that. I'm sure they'd love to have you. Um, send Christmas cards that convey a Christmas message, spiritual message, that aren't cheesy. And then, uh, and then the last one there is write a letter to a missionary. It could be someone working abroad. It could be to our five children that we as a church sponsor uh, out in Ethiopia. Um, or I know some of you do that personally as well. But all of those, plus what we talked about this morning, uh, in terms of the, uh, the Old Testament prophecies, let us in these weeks ahead focus our attention, ourselves, our lives upon Jesus, who it is. I'm kind of doing this for us, but I'm doing this for me because I just know there's many a year, in fact, these last few years when I've literally got to Christmas and it's like, oh yeah, that, that's what it's all about. Because it is just a mental time, isn't it? It's a brilliant time. And, uh, and I really, really love all that it is, but it's about Jesus. And with that, goodness, we're done. Are we done? We shouldn't be done, but we're done. We're done on time, we're done. Folks, let's stand together. And time is upon us, but I, I do want to pray. I do want to give space for the Holy Spirit to minister and for you to respond. So just again, just welcome him. We say, God, you're welcome. Come. Come. Come, Lord Jesus. I just sense that the, there's power for healing this morning. As, um, as we shared that story about Judith um, being healed of that frozen shoulder, for, for many of you, like, Flip, I would like a bit of that. And um, so if that's you, um, just put your hand on where it hurts. We're going to pray. God, we just speak release now in the name of Jesus. We just speak to uh, joints, to muscles, to uh, circulatory systems and respiratory systems. And we just pray function normally. Just release your kingdom right now, healing now, come. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord.
and for some of us it's a healing of the heart where you've been broken where you're hurting meet the healer Thank you, Jesus. You've the power to heal. Just come, Lord. Minister to your people, God.